This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. So, for all of you don't, that don't know, Pastor Chad is our assimilation pastor, so he's the big bird to go, that's our assimilation process right there. Get you out there and doing what God's called you to do. Amen? <laughs> so I'm going to be, I'm never going to let him forget that one. So every day, every single Monday, I'm going, there we go. <laughs> Amen. Well, uh, I want to talk to you again about one more announcement. That is uh, the marriage. If you had to have walked around the opportunity process that we have out there in, the, in uh, basically in our lobby, we really want you to go to our marriage night, which is this Friday night from 630 to 8.30. If you are considering to get married, if you are married, if you're struggling in the space of your marriage, you want to be there. What we're going to have is we're going to have some fun. We have some food there. Um, we're going to have some panel discussions, so you're going to get some laughter that's going to come out of your some. You're going to get some insight. You're going to get some encouragement that's going to happen. It's $25, and if the, you know what? Honestly, if the $25 is a struggle for you, Come and see me. I'll, I'll, I'll sponsor you because I believe in marriage. And I believe that what's going to happen Friday night, we're going to have communion. My wife and I are going to be closing it all out and having communion. Maybe you've never had communion in your marriage. Well, this will be a first for you. But I'll guarantee there's going to be some firsts for a lot of you on Friday night. God wants to do some special things in the space of your life. In uh, Proverbs chapter 11... I have a passage I want to share with you, verse 25. This is a spiritual law, and, and I know that some of us um, really we struggle with God's ways because, you know, he even says that my ways are higher. They're different. And it's really important for us to press in to what those desires are. And Proverbs eleven twenty five gives us a picture of it. It's a spiritual law, and that is giving and you shall receive. It's more blessed to give. Why? Because God wants you to receive, which is going to go into our message series in uh, just a few more moments. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Think about that in, in the space of, of your marriage. You want to be refreshed, then refresh. And you'll receive what you give. You want to, the space with your children you know, and you're long, longing for that honor. In fact, it's, it's interesting that we as a, um, our, our job as parents is to value our children. And the, the word value means, value means honor. So we're supposed to pour out honor to our kids so that as they, you know, they're raised up in the value and the space of what honor is, and then they reciprocate it. It's, you'll be refreshed because you've been pouring that honor into them all these years. So giving, when we give, this is a space where God says, look, I am teaching you a space of heaven. And maybe giving to you doesn't feel like heavenly at all. Or maybe even as we're praising and worshiping, that's another space that God gives to us to praise him 
and to worship him. And maybe that's a really awkward place for you. God created these avenues, these activities in our life to know him. And that there's a higher way. And so I remember going to a church for the majority of my younger years in my life, up till like I was 23. And, you know, no one raised their hands in praise and worship. No one clapped. Um, in fact, hardly anybody got happy <laughs> or excited. And then the church I began to go to, there, um, there was a, a, a man that gets so happy and so excited that he'd come out of his, you know, basically come out of his row and run all the way around the church. You know, he got truly happy feet in his life. And, and you, it was honestly, it was an honor to God. You could tell it was genuine, it was authentic worship for him to give that to God. I'm not saying for you to start doing that. It needs to be authentic. That's why you see some people that dance, some people that are raising their hands, some people are crying. But it, what it is, is, it's a space where your heart is engaged in a moment of heaven. And you don't know how to, it's awkward. It's just really awkward. Why? Because you're in a human being all of a sudden having a heavenly moment. And that's what God gives us. He gives us church for this. That's why we're here, it's to have these heavenly moments living in these earthly temples. Giving is one of those heavenly moments. I remember when I used to just tip God. You know what I mean? That is, I didn't, you know, it was, again, an awkward space. And then I realized that God had created this space in my life. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Now, if you don't have that, if that's really still awkward in your life, we're going to be talking about surrender in just a few more minutes. Give it to God. Because let me tell you something. Get, the heaven wants to open up in your life. And the only way to do that is to do it the path that God, they're paths of righteousness. You can't choose your path and it not be his path. You have to surrender your path that, so it's his path and watch God's heaven open up into your life. Amen? Well, I'm gonna have my wife come on, but she's gonna pray for our offering. Would you please bow your heads? Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to surrender and the opportunity to celebrate. What a great God you are. Lord, you've put so many blessings inside of us. You have so much purpose inside of us. There's so much of you, Jesus, and we just want to give it back today. We thank you for all the ways that we can give back to you. We can, we can pour into your people around us. And, Lord, we just thank you. So our words that we walk away with today is thank you for being the best God that we could ever ask for. And thank you for this opportunity that we can give back to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed in your giving. Well, today we're going to start a new series, um, and that's obeying the promptings. You know, the, um, the Lord has this plan, whether you know it or not, and the plan is, is to build his family, to build his family. One, in fact, there's a, a couple in our church that just had a little child, the second miracle child. This um, lady had gone through so many things as, as a young a woman, and the doctor had said that, look, don't expect to ever have children. Your body doesn't have what it takes inside you to bear children. Well, you should say that to the two babies today. Amen? It's a miracle. She just had her second miracle baby. Um, it's just a, it's a, uh, just a joy to see 
uh, Aurora Grace. What a, what a joy to be a part of. Well, as I unfold this message today, obeying the promptings, the, the point is, is are you hearing what God is saying to you today? Are you understanding how to follow those impressions, follow those unctions we have? And these are all words that God gives us in the Bible, but the bottom line is, is it's the way of God's love language working inside of you to touch people in the world. For God so loves the world that he gave his son. Well, his son, Jesus, works as my work is finished. That means your work starts. And so it's the same power of the Holy Spirit that was in Jesus now works inside of you. Well, what Jesus did was follow those impressions, follow those unctions. And that's what we're going to try to unfold. What is that like? And the first thing we're going to have to understand is, is how to surrender. You need to learn how to, the only way that you're going to hear God's voice inside of the space of your life is surrender. That's why we have this altar here to teach you how to surrender. And I know that many times inside of our nature, we, we want to um, affirm ourselves. In fact, we're taught to be confident inside of our lives and confident in our presentation. And yet what happens is, and I, I think that having cur- courage is a great thing, but is your courage in your strength and your gifting, or is your courage because of who God's made you to be? And the only way that you're going to find out who God's made you to be is if you know how to surrender. In fact, I'm going to ask you to keep saying this word because it's an expectation. It's not something that you just do when you first get saved. I surrendered my life at 23 years old of age. I continually surrender my life to Jesus Christ. When I'm longing for my marriage to improve, the first thing I need to do is, say it with me, Surrender. If I'm looking for my business to prosper and want God's plan to have and unfold my life, the first thing I need to do is surrender. If I'm struggling as a grandparent saying, God, I don't know how to reach this particular grandchild that I need to, you get it. Surrender. And so I'm always wondering why in the world people aren't at the altar more often than they are. And then when I know that some people that I know in this church family that are really struggling in areas of their life, and it seems like as they struggle, they just, all they do is get, you know, just more stubborn and stout in their stance. I'm not taking anymore, which is, I get the pain. I get the stubbornness of why that is, but it's the exact opposite of God's way. God's way is to take that space and surrender. Be vulnerable. Be authentic in what God can do. So we're going to try to unfold that. In fact, at the end of the service, we're going to basically kind of show you kind of like three steps in how to do that. Maybe you've never done that in your walk with Christ. Maybe you, maybe you don't even know Jesus Christ is your life, Lord and Savior. Well, the first thing you'll do is, is surrender. That's the only way to come to him. Well, in our readings, the D groups that we were talking with Pastor Chad and Alan were sharing, we have this reading uh, and we're unfolding. And one of the passages that we were reading together as a church was 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11. So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. So this tells us 
that there's really kind of two ingredients. That one is that your faith, which means what God's put inside you, is going to prompt you to do things. Prompt you to say things. Prompt you to worship him in space. Prompt you to give. Prompt you to serve. There are times. But then it says that may God give you the power to do it. In fact, I was talking to a a gentleman this morning who uh, just lost a a loved one, and their children, he's going to actually go across state, they they live, his family lives across state, and they've really not had any interaction, but his faith that God's given to him is prompting him to drive across state and share Jesus with that family. That's faith. And so he's, I said, well, he goes, what do I do, Pastor Ron? I go, well, you pray for boldness, obviously, because many times, you know, we, we feel very uncomfortable around family members to share the truth or whatever. But at the same time, we pray for time. And if you're taking notes, write this down. Time means everything. And, you know, that's when the Lord's prompting you to do it. That's when the Lord's giving you that unction. And so what I do is I pray for people in my workplace. When I mean people that are neighbors, like right now we have some neighbors, new people that just bought the business next door, and they're emailing me, and they want to use our parking lot. And so you know what my faith is prompting me to do? My faith is prompting me, i got to meet with these guys. In fact, one of the people I've already met with through my business affair, and I'm really believing that somehow, because this guy has influence across this whole county, I went, what would it be cool, God, if we could lead him to Jesus Christ. Amen? And so if we got to share a few parking spots to do that, yeah, win-win, right? So what is the Lord prompting you to do? You know, it could be as, as, as simple as going over there and helping somebody with spring cleanup. Or it could be that you show up at work early and then you, that you're praying for a coworker that's going through some hardships. Or maybe it's an invite, or maybe it's paying for somebody to go to this marriage, this marriage conference we're having on Friday night. But I guarantee you that the Lord is prompting all of us in a different because God so loves the world, and I'm not going to be in your world. You're the one in your world, so God's faith, that we have the same faith together, God's faith is going to work inside of you to work in your world, because God so loves the world. That's who he is. And yet so many of us will struggle with this passage. I'm going to read the next one. Hebrews 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. And if we could use the word trust in the same connotation as faith. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. Now, most of the people that I have interaction with, even people that are in, basically in the community that don't go to church, most of the ones I have interaction with have an understanding that they believe in God. I mean, rarely do I have people, and I, I have had encounters, but most encounters that I have are people that believe that God is. But you know where they really struggle? And I even find sometimes, even in our own church family, where they really struggle is the second part of this. Because there's a two-part to this. We, the Bible says that the only way to please God, please Daddy, is faith. So we need to believe that he is God. That's who he is. He's daddy. And that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now that's the struggle that so many have. That God will reward a space 
where you press in and you are diligent in your devotions, diligent in your prayer time, diligent in your surrender, diligent and realize and recognize that God wants to pour his love, his grace. He wants to regenerate your heart. He wants to do work inside of your life. And you know why? Because God loves you and he wants to pour that love through you. Not only through inside of you, but it would go right outside of you into the world around you. For God so loved the world and that he positioned you in your workplace. You know what, the, what happens so many times and you're busy murmuring, complaining about your job? What you don't really realize is why you're doing that is that you're wrecking the opportunity of intersection and testimony. I'll never forget that um, when I was at Steelcase, uh, people labeled me and uh, preacher boy. And it wasn't because I was preaching. I didn't, and I had no idea I was going to be a preacher. But they labeled me because I made sure that my testimony wasn't in a space where the world would see that Jesus wasn't alive. I wanted to make sure that I was newly saved. I was like a couple years old in Jesus. And I just wanted the world because Jesus is so good, right? And he's done so much for my life, right? And all I wanted is my life to emulate that love. And yeah, I messed up, but I tried in, to, you know, to be intentional every day and realize that there's a joy inside of me. And there were tests that would happen. Tests that would happen. And so let's talk about those tests. Let's talk about how important it is because the only way to win this space of thinking is if you surrender. You can't do it in your own power. I don't care how, po I'm a, I consider myself a pretty positive guy. But there's no way. There are things that I face that my positivity can't get me through. My optimism can't get me through. I need Jesus Christ to lift me up and give me the, the, give me the love, give me the hope, give me that regenerated space of, of grace inside of me to know that God works all things together for them that love him and are called into the space of his grace. Amen? Somebody say Amen. All right, in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, but solid food belongs to those who are of full, of age, full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So I'm going to break, out, break down what's going to happen in the next few weeks, all right, as we go. We're going to talk about obeying the promptings, obeying, listening to God's voice, following his voice. In fact, it's going to be broke out into like four weeks because we have Mother's Day coming in in that space of time and we're going to have a great message for Mother's Day. But the point I want to make to you is this, is that and as we break this out, first thing is we got to learn is that in order to receive from God, we have to be postured in that space. And the first thing you can do is posture yourself to receive. God gives more grace to the humble is Surrender. Surrender. You need, if you want to see a marriage that's going to really struggle, get to, well, I already know, Pastor Ron, I, I know it all. That marriage is going to struggle. You want to get to a marriage that has hope, is, I, Pastor Ron, I, I, just, I want to change. I want to be what God wants me to be. She, does, she deserves it, or he deserves it. I want to make, I want to give the effort in doing so. So whose responsibility is? It's yours. John chapter 14. We're going to read this passage together online. John chapter 14. Let me set the setting for this passage. Jesus is trying to get his disciples ready 
for the next chapter that's coming. And they don't like it. They don't want it. And you know, and I believe that many of us will have chapters, and some of us get stuck in an old chapter of our journey and not get ready for the new chapter because we don't surrender. And what's happening here is the disciples that already got their mind made up of what they think the next chapter looks like. I mean, Jesus has been walking with them for three years. He's already beginning to create some influence. He's got a lot of followers. They're getting, you know, they're getting all their needs met. They got food on the table. They're seeing miracles. And when they don't have food on the table for them or for others, Jesus brings out a miracle. They're seeing these healings. They're seeing demon-possessed people getting delivered. There's all these miracles. I mean, they're loving life, and yet they have a lot of questions. But as long as Jesus is present, everything's good. And they think that Jesus is going to live eternally and live out this space and that they're going to follow. And all of a sudden, Jesus begins to go, no, that's not the chapter. My chapter is that it's going to be finished. Your chapter is going to start. And they're really struggling buying in. And so this chapter is, kind of unfolds Jesus' next chapter of his walk, which brings a new chapter in their walk. John 14, verse 1. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my Father's house. If this were not so, would I, have, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place? When everything is ready, I will come and I will get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't know. I love Thomas here. We don't know it. We don't get it. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way. Jesus tells them, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So what's happening is, is that Jesus is trying to help them, look, you're so attached to the physical presentation of, my, of who I am. You need to know that who I am is the word, and I am a promise. Do you realize that's who Jesus is today? Some people are still attached. God, just show up, you know, come down. Come. Jesus, he is the word. And the presence of his word and the presence of his truth is still here. And yet we're still struggling with it. We're still troubled with believing. Verse 8, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. We're going to be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time? Philip, and yet you still don't know? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him? Don't you believe that I am the Father and the Father's in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work. Just believe that I am the Father and the Father's in me, or at least believe because of the work that you've seen. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to the Father. Okay, now there's a, there's a clause there that should tweak you. Jesus says, because I'm going, you're going to do great works. They think the opposite. The disciples think because you're here, great works are possible. And now Jesus turns a whole new page. He goes, because I'm leaving, great things are going to happen. Now, I don't know about you, but there's, that's a huge transitional 
thought process that he's unfolding in their life. And I believe so many of us today have the same problem. We don't believe that God wants to bring his promises alive in our life. We don't believe that if we press into God, that God is going to work out his plan, that he's gonna be a God of promises that he is. We just hope some little thing or something might good happen. If we pray a little bit, it might happen. That's not trust. You need to turn your hope into trust. That you know, here's what Jesus, don't you know who I am? You've been with me for these three years. You don't know me. And the disciples are struggling with it. I think we struggle with the same thing. We don't know that God is his word. He is his word. We love the space of his presence We love the space of the ideal that it could, you know, good things could happen. And if I'm just by association, it, it, it could only help. But we don't know who Jesus is. And the only way you're gonna know, look at this, this is what I love. He goes, says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done. Can you imagine the works that Jesus did? You have to imagine them, right? He healed the sick. He cast out devils. He raised the dead. The blind saw, the deaf could hear. Fevers were broken. Relationships were mended. He spoke truth inside of a person. He could, he could, he could discern the very motives of people's heart and bring love into a certain. He saw the devil trying to sift. Peter, and he he knew when to pray for someone before they were even messed up. And Jesus goes, greater things will you see, greater things will you do, because he goes to the Father. Is Jesus with the Father right now? Yes or no? Okay, so then he did his part. The problem is with us doing our part. The problem is him doing, and the only way, this is what I'm trying to share with you, is you need to surrender because your mind just like Philip and Thomas couldn't wrap themselves around this. You are not going to wrap yourself around this by your plan of reasoning or by your history of life or maybe the things you've seen. You're going to only wrap this around it when you begin to trust God is his word. And his word became flesh and dwelt among us. All right, let's unravel this. A couple points I have, just a few here. Number one, the three stages in obeying the promptings, and I don't claim to have any kind of corner on the, on the stages. There, maybe yours, or maybe, you're, maybe you've heard one on five or whatever, and these are the three stages that have helped me in my walk with God and hearing God's voice, okay? One, surrender, and that's what we're talking about today. Two, Obey, obedience. Obedience sounds like, well, that just seems, we're going to spend a whole weekend on obedience. The Bible says that the willing and obedient will eat the good of the land and then receive. Well, that seems so simple. No, it's not. Because what I have found is that so many people don't know how to receive the promise. Shame gets in the way. Fear gets in the, in the way. People are struggling. Let me just give you an example. We just went through basically a, a, a year, year and a half of, of, of um, our minds being monopolized by COVID. 
And anxiety and fear literally arrested people, Christians and non-Christians. And did, that, did Jesus come off the throne? Was the Father still on the throne? Was the Holy Spirit living on planet Earth? Yes, he was. And so the problem is, is that it's our mindset. It's our thinking. And what we were doing is we were moved by what the media and by what the world was saying. We were prompted to do things. We were prompted by our fear. We were prompted by anxiety. We were prompted by what other people were doing. We had all these promptings, so it's not that we don't have promptings. We just don't have the right ones. And it's so important for us. Let me tell you something. We're going to talk about this in, uh, in just a couple more passages here. All right, number two. Surrendering to God and his word or letting fear and emotions lead you. We just watched the whole country, whole world, let fear and emotions. The Bible says we've not been given the spirit of fear. So fear is a spirit. It's a wrong spirit. We have a spirit of faith. That's the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit's active in our life, we're going to trust God at his word. Okay? And when the enemies, we're going to have fear and emotions and anxiety. Number three, surrendering is never easy, but it's necessary. It's never easy, but it's necessary. Romans chapter 6, 12, and these aren't, in, these aren't in the, going to be on the screen, so please write them in your notes if you can. Romans 6, 12. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Here's these promptings. Our, our body has sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have been made alive. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. So let your whole body, your instruments of your body, be made for God's plan. Galatians 5. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants to do. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. So, these two passages, and there's so many in the Bible, you have two natures inside of you. you have, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior... It means you have a regenerated spirit, which means the Holy Spirit wants to come in your life and lead you. But you also have the sinful nature, which has cravings. The Bible says it breaks down to the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and pride. I'll do it my way. You know, or lust of the flesh, which means I want that. Like this morning, I'm on the way into church early, and, and I pass, and going the opposite direction is a ZR1 Corvette. Most of you guys don't even know what that is, but I think every one of us should have one of those in the garage. All right? <laughs> That's like 800 horsepower of fun. All right? So this person is going the other direction. My craving could be all of a sudden alerted and agitated or desiring. I'm going to say, I need one of those. No, I don't. I don't need one of those. I could even want one of those. You know what? You know what? But here's the point is, is that what I need to do and what you need to do is go, look, that's not going to have me. And what we've, all sinful cravings are meant for one thing by the enemy. And that is to own you. There's nothing wrong with owning a ZR1 Corvette. There's a whole lot wrong with it owning you. There's nothing wrong with a beautiful woman that doesn't have any clothes on as long as she's your wife in front of you. 
It's beautiful. But when it is on your phone or it is on, it is on your website that you're looking at or streaming through whatever you're doing, that's where those desires, those cravings, those longings are stirred up and take you down the path of unrighteousness. Or what you can do is you can go down the path of righteousness. Amen? The Bible says God has paths of right. These cravings that happen in man and woman, these things need to be put in subjection to God's word. God, I thank you for beautiful women. I thank you for who they are. I thank you that they are your princess. And that, Lord God, that you have a plan for their life. And they, and they are not to be looked at. They are not to be admired. They are not to be valued in such a dirty way. But I thank you, God, that they are beautiful. And they, in fact, I am so grateful for their beauty that, you know what, that you made another man for that beauty. And that that man and that woman, and they can have children that are going to live forever. What a beautiful thing that God, that you have made. Number four, surrender to God's promises will be tested. However, the alternative can be hazardous. Timing's everything. Let me share this with you. Surrender God's promises. The minute you surrender to a promise, let's, let's use this. We got a couple minutes here. Let's use this as an example. You surrender to God and his plan for um, an occupation. And now you're going to college. Let's just say that that occupation is in sales and you go off into college and you want to learn how to be a salesman. And in the space of your education, you're, you're learning the, you know, how to uh, you know, basically cold call. You're learning how to be confident in who you are because basically that's what it is. You have to be confident in the product that you're selling. You know, hear what I'm saying? All of a sudden, the next thing you know, you're learning a whole lot of the world's ways how to sell yourself. Or you can surrender that and say, God, I thank you for education I thank you that there are things in this world that can teach me some skills. I surrender that to you. And Lord, I thank you that you're going to make me the greatest salesman. And that, the, you know what, I'm going to do it different because I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to trust that you lead me. And say, I'm going to be diligent because the Bible says I need to work. I'm going to be diligent in the affairs. But I am going to lean into you and you're going to teach me how to be a salesperson. Or what you can do is lean into all the skills of this world and reap what the world gives you. I don't want what the world has for me. I want what God has for me. And God has a lot in store for your life, but you have to diligently seek him. And the way to do that, what's the word I've been talking about? Surrender. Some of you aren't seeing God in your marriage because you're not surrendered. Some of you aren't seeing God in your business affairs because you're not surrendered. Some of you aren't seeing God in your parenting because you're not surrendered. Some of you aren't seeing God in your romance because you're not surrendered. You need to surrender first. God's ways are different. You need to take the space and surrender first. All right, we're almost finished. Point, point number five, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to help you and help make God sense of the nonsense. The Bible says that we can ask anything. How many of you spend the time in the ask? Most of you won't ask God because you feel guilty for what you've done. 
Most of you won't spend the time to be authentic and say, God, you, I'm gonna take you at your word. You said that you'd prosper these hands, but because you feel guilty. You know what surrender does? It destroys guilt. Surrender gets rid of everything that's in the space of you and God. God created, you know what? Before Adam and Eve sinned, we wouldn't even be talking about surrender because you already had it. But because of the nature that's in us, the nature, when we, make, when we do something wrong, what does Adam and Eve do? They ran from God instead of to God. In your nature, when you do something wrong, it is not to surrender it to God. It is to try to fix it, do it better, and not do it again. Now, I think that's great. Don't do it again. That's great. But you need to do what first? Wow. You need to surrender. Last of all, Holy Spirit exercise of surrender. I'm going to break it out into three spaces. Do you believe God will keep his word? Yes. Do you believe God will keep his word, his promise? So if God says, I'm a healer, do you believe that God is a healer? If God says he's a restorer, then do you believe God is a restorer? God says he's a reconciler. He reconciles. In fact, this whole, this uh, Friday, when, in fact, there's so many people, lawyers out there making tons of money you know, off people saying, look, those are irreconcilable differences. And yet God's given us the ministry of reconciliation. The impossible is possible with God. Do you believe God will keep his word? Yes, he will. Do you trust that God's word is telling you the truth? We got less there. Do you believe God's word is telling you the truth? Because the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. And then see, are you looking for Jesus to do more than you are allowing him to do? In, in, uh, are you looking for Jesus to do more or are you allowing him to do more in you? Jesus said, my work is finished. Are you looking for Jesus to do more? Or are you allowing the Holy Spirit that he sent down here to do it in you? You say, well, Pastor Ron, what does that look like? Well, that looks like surrender first. I will guarantee you the first thing the Holy Spirit will talk to you about all the time is surrender. Not my will, but yours will be done. If Jesus himself in the last hour of his life on earth had to go through a space of surrender, how much more so do I? How much more so do you? So, what I'm going to ask you to do in, this, in the closing of our service right now, there's two parts. One is, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you're in a space where your life, you knew him as a child, or maybe you knew him in, in the past, and your life and your journey right now is just not walking with him. You're not diligently seeking him. You're not following him and the rewards that he has for your life. You're not reaping all the space and, and joy that God wants for your life. It's time to surrender. Either accept him as your Lord and Savior or return to him as your Lord and Savior. Or, or maybe you do know him, but you're going through a space in your life. Could be physical, could be emotional, could be financial, could be relational, whatever it is. You've learned today that the first thing you need to do is surrender. And when you surrender, don't try to get up and think that you're going to have your answer. That, I told you, this is a three-step process. 
God has asked me, we're going to find this out in a couple weeks, God has asked me to obey things in areas that have nothing to do with what I'm surrendering in. So surrender is just that. You don't surrender with a condition that you're all fixed. You surrender knowing that it's going to take time for him to fix you. And are you willing? Because if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good that God has for your life. So two things. One, we're going to go through prayer, accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, or recommit our life to Christ. And then two, while we worship God in the next few songs in our lead, what is the Lord prompting you to do to surrender? What is an area that you're struggling with that you now know today that where you need to go, where some of you have been so frustrated. I've seen people so frustrated and that what they do is they're so hurt and wounded in an area and what they, they just all of a they solid, they become like a, a, a monument, immovable. And they're stuck. And it's, here's, that's, the thing is that what God wants us to do is if you're, you ever see what clay's like that when it's all dried and, and, and yet God says he's the potter? And you're the clay. You need to get to that point where he can moisten you up and shape you into the design that he has. And the way to do that is surrender. Not my way, God, but yours. Well, Father, I thank you for this morning. Thank you for what you're doing in the house of God. I'm so grateful that you visit us and talk to us. Lord, I'm so grateful for the messiness that I have, Lord God, in the space that you have given me love and forgiveness, that you keep teaching me that I just need to take this moment and surrender, and you raise me up. That surrender is like going into that grave and dying to me, dying to my pain, letting go, and rising up with your grace, rising up with hope. If you're here this afternoon, or maybe you're watching right now online and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And the Lord's prompting you, you're feeling that unction, you're feeling that impression on the inside to, to give your life, to surrender your life to Him. God has a plan for your life. He loves you. He sent His own Son to die for you. I want you to pray this prayer with me. And after we pray it, I want you to take some time to worship Him. Allow this new journey to solidify. Pray this prayer with me, church. Say, Father God, in Jesus' name, I surrender my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Show me the path that you have for my life. Help me to see it. Give me the strength to obey it. And I'm so grateful that you're there being Papa God. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand up and worship God with me today? If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.